and gentlemen, welcome to episode 32 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe and I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Hello. How are you feeling today, man? Are you feeling better? Uh, yeah, I got my voice back. Uh, I have come straight from work, though, so if I sound tired. Mr. Paul Collett. What up, G? How's it going, fam? Not bad, mate. Not bad. Just doing the do as you do. Doing the do as you do. I like it. That's your new catchphrase. Put that on a t-shirt. I'll do it. Designed nice. nicely, of course. Of course, yes. And of course, Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I am full of sweets. The, the dad tax from Halloween. <laughs> nice. So, yeah. And I need to put out a quick public service announcement. If you put up a big sign outside your house that says no trick-or-treaters, you are not allowed to send your kids trick-or-treating. Well, how, else you, how else are you going to monopolize all the sweets? This, guy, this kid right, ran back into his house with a black bin bag full of sweets. <laughs> that his mate had been holding at the end of each driveway so that he looked like he'd got a small amount of sweets. And towards the end of the night, people just chucking loads of sweets in, in the, this guy's tub. And this guy walked in the house with a huge black bin bag full of sweets. And the front of the house was a huge sign that said, no trick-or-treaters. Son of a bitch. I am uh, incredibly envious of this parent's <laughs> like absolute goal to send <laughs> their kids out to steal all the sweets from all the kids. And just wouldn't get up to answer the door to, to me as I was banging on the door again. Get me your fucking sweets! <laughs> <laughs> it could be where you're going wrong there, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, yes, I'm good. So, sorry, how are you, Roscoe? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, man. Good. Had a fun gaming-filled week. Should we talk about it? Let's. All right, let's crack on with what we've been playing. So, Mr. Paul Collett, what have you been playing this week? Well, I was in Tesco buying me uh, value chicken whatever. And they had a deal on for Breakpoint for 30 quid. Now, obviously, Breakpoint has had a moderate reviews and not been done so well because of all the microtransactions and this and the other buggy gameplay. But I thought 30 quid, I'll give it a go. And I got it and I love it and I think it's great. I've not yet come across any kind of transaction I need to bother about. Um, yes, it's buggy. But I think it's as close as you're going to get to a Splinter Cell game this generation because it's all. Um, it's very clever because they, they have this amazing cover system where you automatically snap to cover if you're, if you're ducking down and you can automatically sort of just walk around a corner rather than having to tap buttons or whatever. So it's very, very smooth. And yeah, all, all the missions can be played stealthy or, you know, chaos, but I like the stealth and I'm really enjoying it. So it's a, I think it had a bit of a bad press for probably the right reasons because of the uh, microtransactions and the bugs, but. As a game itself, to take that side, it's actually a very good game, and I'm hoping the patches will fix it and make it even better. Cool. Do you think it's uh, been overly criticised then by the majority of the media? Well, media? yeah. I mean, like I say, I mean, I, I've never been one for microtransactions. If someone wants my real cash, they can just do one. I'm not bothered. I don't care if I've got skin or a different colour for my weapon. It's just pointless crap. So I, I've not yet had any opportunity to. You know, nothing's been thrown in my face when you say, say, buy this new colour for your gun, it's great. I'm like, no, I don't want it. No, that's happened. Um, it's it's very much like the first game, Wildlands, but it has been tweaked and improved, so it feels like a, a natural sequel, like, uh, I guess, from Watch Dogs to Watch Dogs 2, there's a, quite a nice progression to make it like a better version of the first game, so this is basically that, but yeah, it's a bit buggy, I, I won't lie, but, you know, forgive that, because big old game is great. Good fun. Cool. Man, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's good. I'm glad it's someone is. Especially for 30 quid anyway. If it's full price, yeah. maybe I wouldn't have bothered, but yeah. 
Well, it's already the deal of the week on PSN at four. Really? Yeah, <laughs> which is um, pretty wild. Ubisoft have put back all of their games for next year, essentially. Uh, so yeah. it seems that they want to really improve Breakpoint before they jump onto anything else. I do hope this. I mean, again, again, I've not really experienced much in the way of transactions in this game, but I hope that's not the new model that Ubisoft are going to go down. Can you imagine playing Watch Dogs Three and you have to buy stuff? That'd be shit, wouldn't it? It is a little worrying, but fingers crossed yeah. that won't happen. Hopefully, um, a longer time just to make sure it's not quite so buggy because yeah. it's a bit, you know, unforgivable, really. Have you played anything else? No, that's it, really. I've sort of stopped oh. Fire, Fire Cry 5 has been on hiatus because the, the fucking drug levels have been waiting. Um, <laughs> <just longer. laughs> so, Fair enough. Step back from that a little bit. Okay. Mr. Greg Hicks, what have you been playing this week? Unlike one game pool, I've been playing a bit of a variety, actually. I've been playing Travis Strikes Again, No More Heroes, which my review is out. As you can see on the score, it's a game I want to really enjoy because it's, it's that wacky Suda 51 slash Devolver slash, you know, post-punk, anarchic kind of thing. Um, it's all right. I, I might play it a bit more. I might not. I don't know. I've still been playing Sekiro. I'm sort of going through my new save of that. I'm probably going to go for a different ending now because the one I'm stuck on is is like the true ending. But there's some other endings you can do. So I might go for one of those, then start like a new game plus and go into it a bit with a bit more sort of backing as I take on the final boss again. So I've been playing After Party, which came out Tuesday, which is from Night School Studios. If you've played Oxenfree, which I know like some of you or most of you guys have, it's incredible. It's I'm not very far in, but it's that again, it's that side sort of, I don't want to call it a walking simulator because that's like everyone's onto the rapture but this is like a it's almost like a, a narrated text-based adventure so there is like full voice narration it it plays like oxen free so you know left to right scrolling sort of wacky millennial dialogue but it also plays like the old tim schaefer lucas arts like you know broken age full throttles sort of really self-deprecating taking a mick out of itself humor and some of the some of the dialogue is brilliant it's just so like obscene you're in hell so it's bound to be so that's that's it for sort of new releases you're playing something that came out on the xbox that's new and i can't remember what the hell it was what came out on the xbox recently on game pass outer worlds yes <laughs> still playing that that thing yeah 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 completely forgot it's so good i've forgotten about what it was called and what else have i dabbled back into oh and this is this is for my mate mark who listens to this i picked up rainbow six vegas 2 for like 50p the other day on the ps3 nice because i thought why not you know, they, they never made a true sequel to that game, so I thought 50p, give it a knock. And I forgot how bloody silly it was. You get, it's, it's really good fun, but you get your two AI squad mates, and there's there's one called Young, who every time you ask him, any any team member to do anything, he's always like, I'm running forward. Ah, I'm down. Or like, I'm setting the bomb, and he gets shot. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake, stop running forward all the time. So I've been playing that again, because I texted my mate about it, and yeah, he asked me to shout out that on the podcast. So I have. It's for 50p. It's good to play it again, even though no one else is playing it ever because the servers are all down. But that was Ubisoft before they sold out, so that was good fun. Uh, that's been about it, really. For yeah, for new releases, definitely After Party and Outer Worlds, which is still awesome. Not very far in that either. I've Sweet. only just got I've only just got Parvati. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm oh, really that's... not that far. Wow. Well, yeah, you are early days. Yeah. Parvati is going to change the change the way you think of the whole thing. I didn't realize you can get your, your companions to do like special moves and scripted moves and stuff. I can't oh, wait oh, yeah. to start drop kicking things. <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna be the shit. So yeah, that's 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 been it really. That's, that's been my week. Not about a week really. 
Sean, what have you been playing this week, sir? I've also been playing the Outer Wilds. Worlds? Worlds. No, Wilds. Worlds. Worlds. Outer Worlds. Yeah, Outer Worlds. Yes. Sorry. Um, <laughs> because I'm an idiot and I'm slowly sloping back into trophy collecting, I started the Outer Worlds on the Supernova difficulty. And I would highly advise nobody start the game on that difficulty for your first try. Because Yikes. you yeah, you have to eat and drink and sleep. And if you don't do it regularly, all your stats decrease until you die. Uh, uh, your, compan- <laughs> your companions die permanently if they ever die. So, for example, oh, Pavrati. Yeah, Pavrati, I met her. And within five minutes, she was dead. And then I was like, oh, where, where's she gone to? She's, she's left my side. Uh, so I went on the internet and it was like, ah, she's permanently dead. Which... Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> so, so now, I, so I am quite a lot further on than Greg is. And I'm really, I've turned my character into a Jedi Knight with mind tricks. So basically, like they're maxed out on conversation because the combat and everything is so hard that I'm just trying to talk my way out of every fight now. Because there's no point in me trying to fight half of these people because they just kill me within like three shots. So I don't actually take any of my companions out of the ship now. <laughs> I have got a sh- sh- ship full of companions who I daren't take off the ship just in case somebody gets a stray shot on them. Oh man! Um, yeah, but I mean, it's it's great to have you know friends to cuddle with at night while I'm on the unreliable. But you know, they're a bit useless in the field. So, um... but that's like that's the, that for me the the companions their their stories and their side quests is half the half the enjoyment of the game. Yeah, so I I'm still getting something out of the side quest so they still give you like so the priest from the first town i've i've got his side quest and i'm following through his on his side quest but he doesn't need to leave the ship for it to happen and i think that the rest of them you can do that basically just don't take them out of the ship and just talk to them while they're there just to get the the progress moving along because honestly like this could really ruin the game for me i know that i can't get the platinum trophy on one run now because I saved a lot after Pavrati had died and then realized, oh shit, she's got a side quest I need to do. So that's that screwed. Like, just go for normal. Why be an <laughs> idiot and try and do it all in one go? Yeah. Be, be yeah. normal, go for normal. Yes. I've also been playing Borderlands 3 again. I've been giving it a go. I'm almost done with it. It does get better. So there is a massive lull in the middle and I just kind of drifted away from it. And the only reason I'm playing that is because you can take your brain out and shoot things. And that's what I've been requiring at the minute. And I have been retreading my way through uh, Children of Mortar and Mega Aquarium because my Seagate hard drive bit the dust. So I've lost quite a lot no. of save games. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's the second time that's happened, isn't it? This is this is a different hard drive. So I have got two, and the first one died and got replaced, and that one still works. But I had a second one plugged in for save games, which I had around the back of the PlayStation. And yeah, that that's a bit of dust. So I'm having to work my way back through them slowly but surely. And let me tell you, once you've played half of these games, it's a real struggle to really want to do them again. That's my week in a hole. What about you, Roscoe? Nice. Well, I've been playing The Outer Worlds. Um, not a surprise to anyone. I've also beaten The Outer Worlds. The story is complete. And I played it on normal, because I'm normal. And I really thoroughly loved it. I thought it was an absolutely fantastic game. There's... I don't think this is a spoiler. Just a quick heads up: the once once the game ends, it ends. You can't get back into the uh, you can't get back into the planets. So make sure before you end that you do everything you want to do, because otherwise you can't come back in with the same character. 
I need to start the game over again in order to do a few side quests that I wanted to do. That uh, like the game does warn you. I paid no attention to it at all. I was very disappointed in myself. So I thought that can't be right. There's still so much for me to be getting on with. They're not just going to freeze the rest of the game out once it's over. And they do. The ending is a little underwhelming. I thought. I think I got the good ending. It turned. It felt like I did, but. Yeah, it didn't hit me as hard as I thought it was going to. But up until then, I mean, I had such a great time with it. The companion quests are some of the most fun I've had in gaming this year. It's definitely in one of my games of the year, for sure. And I highly recommend it to, to anyone, really. It's uh, it's brilliant. I've had such a good time. You're absolutely right. Getting your persuasion up and getting your lying and all that up is essential, um, especially in the end game. And so it really helps you <laughs> navigate your way through certain sequences. I recommend it to anyone to get those levels up higher than anything else uh, as you move through the game because it's a, it's a huge benefit to you. But yeah, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I've also been playing... I played Call of Duty Modern Warfare. I'm about probably halfway through the campaign. And so far, it's... Uh, well, I don't know what to say, really. It's a Call of Duty campaign. <laughs> it's about as, uh, about as generic and straightforward as that has ever been. It's got an interesting story. Some of it's, you know, ripped, ripped from the pages of, uh, of real life but tweaked in certain ways. And... The, the gunplay, as ever, is fantastic. Um, the visuals are incredible. I don't know what engine they've used on this, but it looks really, really good. And there are certain sequences that are really fun, like some of the uh, the night vision stuff when you're walking around the house in London. Um, it was kind of weird watching Octopus Circus blow up into pieces. That was not something that I was really ready to see, but it was quite... It didn't really feel earned. It feels like it was just there just for show. There's not much in this game that has any kind of weight to it. It just all feels very typical Call of Duty, but... So far, it's fun. You know, it's just, uh, it is what it is. It's Call of Duty at the end of the day. And I think the campaign will be done soon. I think, yeah, like I said, I'm about 50% of the way through. And having a relatively good time with it. The problem is I'm playing at the same time as the Outer Worlds. So the Outer Worlds just craps all over it in terms of immersion and enjoyment. Uh, Modern Warfare is quite the buzzkill after you've been tearing it around the solar system with Parvati and Vikamak. So that's about it, really. I've been carrying on with Fortnite. The Fortnite Mares event is on right now. Lots of good fun. It's Fortnite, just scary. Zombies pop out of things. That's quite a good laugh. Uh, it's a good old Fortnite. Keeping track of it along. That's about it, really. I still need to grab the Disney classics, A Lad of the Lion King, this week. I keep staring at it on the, the PSN store. I will get it eventually. <laughs> I'll just keep looking at it. But uh, yeah, there's not much else, really, that I'm super hyped about until... I don't know, we'll talk about that later. But yeah, lots of good, fun games to be had. Still plenty to get on within the Outer Worlds. So I'll be starting that over again very shortly. Right then, it's time for... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world! Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters, hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest cat in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies! Why, thank you for that wonderful introduction. You're welcome. I need to apologise to you guys in advance. Ah, oh, shit. So, <laughs> so I got really... Well. It doesn't bode well. And I'm, I, okay, so I watched the new Star Wars trailer this week, and I got super hyped, and I went into, like, Super Star Wars mode, and then I thought about Super Star Wars, and then I made a quiz entirely about Star Wars games. So, right, <laughs> lovely hell. So, so other people might beat the hell out of you on this, and that would be great. 
but also I've tried to make the questions reasonably easy. So we shall see. So you, are you guys ready? Have you got a piece of paper and everything? Absolutely not. How dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> what is um, this, some so kind of nerd podcast? God. <laughs> Who does that? Look, you just said nerd podcast, and I'm going to guarantee Greg walks away with a 9 out of 10 now, just showing how much of an absolute nerd, like the biggest nerd. Okay, <laughs> I so... realise that as I... As I... I jokingly call it a nerd podcast. I am actually sat here in Star Wars lounge pants. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, adult, adult pajamas, essentially. Ooh, look at you in your lounge Very pants. Posh. Where's your smoking jacket and cigar? <laughs> a cigar. Isn't he the martial artist, Steven Seagar? <laughs> New action hero. There you go. Under siage. <laughs> okay. And Nico. Okay. If Can you, you call gonna... it Star Wars now. <laughs> Don't be a dick. Carry on. A D. If, if you've never heard of played this podcast before, play this podcast. If you've never listened to this podcast before, we do the quiz questions now, and then towards the end of the podcast, we'll do the answers. And we will find out which one of these reprobates won the quiz, who uh, Roscoe is currently way out in front with 11 wins. Greg has five. Paul has four. And I have one. I have one. I have one win. You have one win. I have one win. Um, so then, you, question, then you'll then you have to... One. What is Luke Skywalker's surname? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, let's, get this, let's get this over with. Okay, question one. Which Star Wars game was the first to feature the playable character Galen Marek, a.k.a. Starkiller? Question one. Which Star Wars game was the first to feature the playable character Galen Marek, a.k.a. Starkiller? There are so many Star Wars games. This is going to be insane. Oh, I just thought that might be a trick question. Do you want game or franchise? Uh, the the game is the name of the franchise, so I'll take either. Okay. Question two. Every question is a guess. <laughs> Which famous game studio developed the 2003 smash hit Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic? Question two, which famous game studio developed the 2003 smash hit Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic? Are there any questions about Connect Star Wars? Maybe. Um, can you, was it, did you say developer or publisher? I can't, I'm, I'm half sort of right and half listening. Famous studio developed the 2003 smash oh, hit Star right. Wars Knights of the Old Republic. And when you say writing, you mean Googling, don't you? I'm half listening and half typing stuff into the computer, mate. Yeah, I can't hear your questions over the typing. It's of course, better. yeah. <laughs> okay. Question three. Which of these Star Wars games was released first? Force Commander, Jedi Academy, or Bounty Hunter? You've got a one in three chance of getting this right. I'm really glad you broke those odds down then because, I mean, anyone else would have just struggled. you got a 33% chance of getting this right. 
Mm. You're getting it wrong regardless, mate. So, question three. Which of these Star Wars games was released first? Force Commander, Jedi Academy, or Bounty Hunter? Question four. In what year was the very first Star Wars game released? Was it 1982, 1984, or 1986? So question four, in what year was the very first Star Wars game released? Was it 1982, 1984, or 1986? I'm surprised they didn't do in, you know, as the movie came out. Yeah. What do you think, wouldn't you? Question five. Which of these was not developed by LucasArts? Starfighter, Rebel Assault, or Connect Star Wars? Yay. <laughs> so, which of these games was not developed by LucasArts? Starfighter, Rebel Assault, or Connect Star Wars? Is that Jedi Starfighter, or is that just Starfighter? Because there's two wasn't there or is it the same series uh, yeah. I'm not allowed to ask that or is that I'm asking Starfighter okay can I have a question again please all that waffles up put me off what you should listen to it the first time after I repeated it after the second time just read it again please <laughs> Question five, which of these was not developed by LucasArts, Starfighter, Rebel Assault, or Connect Star Wars? Question six, which publisher currently holds the exclusive rights to publish Star Wars games? Ugh. Question six, which publisher currently holds the exclusive rights to publish Star Wars games? Although their new one doesn't seem that bad. But that could be just me. I think that's pretty good now. We shall see. We shall see. Not long. Question seven. What was the code name of the cancelled third-person action-adventure video game that was under development by Visceral Games and Amy Hennig? Question seven. What was the name of the cancelled Star Wars game that was a third-person action-adventure video game that was under development at Vessel Games and Amy Hennig? I didn't think it had a name. It had a code name. Oh, not what I'm thinking of then. Shit. The only name that I remember being attached to this is Amy Hennig Star Wars game. Yeah, exactly. And I remember there was... <laughs> I, I know it's not the one I'm thinking of because that was prior to that, but... I didn't think it had a name. You're thinking of the one that's all numbers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I didn't think... I thought it was just an untitled game. Nope. It, it had a code name, and it's been mentioned a whole lot since it was cancelled. <sighs> okay. Who can I actually hear typing? <laughs> that is me with pen in my mouth, you absolute penis. Sorry, <laughs> right, but it sounds okay. like... Tack, 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 tack. I mean, you're that old. I thought it was a typewriter. Oh, one more old joke, man. Swear to God. 
You bloody kids. I'll send a carrier pigeon with a letter of disconsent. Fuck that smoking, <laughs> Question eight. The cancelled project Star Wars 1313 was a game set on entirely on which Star Wars planet? Question 9. Which game studio has developed the upcoming Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? Is that not the same as who owns the rights? Nope. Yeah. Which game studio has developed the upcoming Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? Studio. Studio. Oh, yeah. There they Oh, yeah. yes. Yes, 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 yes. I don't know why we're both agreeing with each other. It's a fucking quiz. <laughs> You're showing answers over there. Yeah, I'm showing showing notes. Telepathically. Okay. And question ten. Please name me two of the platforms that Super Star Wars launched on back in nineteen ninety one. Jesus Christ. It was you know, there's four I know one of them was because it was bastard hard, but oh, they're all bastard hard on the console I'm thinking of. So, please name me two of the platforms that Super Star Wars launched on back in 1991. There were four. 1992. He says, Googling the answer. Jesus Christ. Alright, sending myself the answers. You know what? That wasn't as bad as I was fearing. No, no. I think I thought one of them was trying to catch us out. I think I fucked up the Amy Hennig one. I know that much because I didn't know I had a code name. Thing is, I'll 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 tell you the answer and you'll go. Oh yeah, uh, it's just one couple, of them ones. A couple I'm not sure. On. Is it like code name Nerf Herder or something stupid like that? <laughs> um, I, I well, I'm not going to give you a hint. So that was a quiz. Thank you, Sean. The most upsetting thing about Star Wars at the moment is that the US get the Mandalorian in twelve days. Tons of bitches. Yeah. Which, which means we, we do too. Just, just unofficially. Just unofficially. <laughs> yes, quite. I mean, you know, the VPN sites are about to just like make an absolute killing <laughs> from the UK. They're going to melt. Absolutely. Thanks, Sky, and your stupid monopoly. Yeah. Uh, well, never mind. We will get Disney Plus. One day, we shall see. Well, thank you very much, Sean, for that one. I hope to never do that quiz again. I'm going to shoot it to a galaxy far, far away. Okay. Oh, I get it. Because <laughs> Star Wars, right? Ross shot first. Yeah, okay. Hey, that's never been proven. <laughs> what she said. Who have you been talking to? <laughs> anyway, let's get into some news. And whilst there's a lot of news uh, this week, which you can listen to on our other podcast, The Daily Finger. We have another podcast? Yeah, we do. Go check it out. It's on Spotify right now. Lots and lots of news on there. I want to focus on the news that the PlayStation 4 is now the second biggest selling console of all time in the history of everything, which is quite something, really, when you think about it. The PS4 has become the second biggest selling console ever, selling 102.8 million units, just behind, of course, the PS2, which has sold 155 million units in its lifetime, which is pretty wild. And now, there's not really a, a, a huge amount to discuss here, but I was just curious... From your perspective, so what do you think it is about the PS4 this year that has pushed it over 
and made it such a massive success. Just this year um, or in general? Well, since since release. I mean, what's... I think it's had what? a... I mean, besides the obviously much better exclusives, which, I mean, we all know are amazing. I'm not going to list them all, but you've got Bloodborne, Spider-Man, God of War, obviously, Last of Us, that have done, you know, massive numbers. Uh, I think it's just the accessibility of the console. I think they came out straight from the gates and went, we're going to make a games console. Instead of the Xbox that went, we're going to make it a home media device. And it just, it took me so long to get used to the, the, the GUI on the Xbox. I mean, this is just personal opinion, but I think it's definitely got a better, just a better accessibility, really. I think that helps. I think, you know, it's, it's like, you know, when, um, you know, when like, Atari bombed years ago with the whole E.T. fiasco. And then Nintendo came back and said, oh, we're not making a games console, we're making an entertainment system. And it was pretty straightforward. I, I know that was a bit of trickery, but it, it was just straightforward. Cartridges in, buff, done. I think, you know, 30 years down the line, that's what Sony have done. They've just stuck to what made the PS2 so popular, you know. The Xbox had all its features with the original Xbox, I mean, with all its music and online connectivity. PlayStation got there eventually. I think it's just they just set out for what they want to do. And I don't know if it's the East versus West ethos of just, you know, delivering it to the point. But I think it's just an easier console to get used to. Can we just discuss how four of the top five selling consoles of all time were all made by Sony? That's incredible, isn't it? It's wild. They also made the PSP. Yeah. <laughs> and the, and the Vita. You know, yeah. the PSP Go. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, Christ. What, what a mistake that was. I had and, the, uh, and don't forget the Sony Ericsson <laughs> Play. Remember that thing? That was great. No. Was this was this in the 1800s, Paul? Yes, it was. It was Steam thing. It was um, a phone. It was, it was their phone. And they had, like, don't know, the PSP Go had the screen that slid up. You had the controls underneath. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah it, was a, it was a phone that had the same thing. It slid up. It played PlayStation 1 games. Fucking brilliant. Was that an en- wasn't that an N-Gage? No, it fucking wasn't. It might as well knock you, dick splash. <laughs> no, that was, me. that was the Gizmondo. No, I'm joking. No, the, the PlayStation 4 has done an absolutely tremendous job of small iterations on what came before it. You look at what the Xbox One tried to do and, you know, if you look at what the Xbox One tried to do on its day one and you look where we are now, it would be like that that what they were selling is what everyone is buying now. You know, there aren't any games that aren't online anymore. It just hi- happened quietly in the background. And, you know, it was too forward thinking for its own good on day one. <clears throat> what the PS4 did was just go, okay, this is what you're used to. We're going to add a little bit and then a little bit and then a little bit. And, you know, I used, I used to do change management as, a, you know, as, as my job. And that's how you how that's how you get changes to be accepted. And it's a console that's just progressively got better as it's gone on. It's got better games. You know, the the networks come on tenfold. It's just been a better experience than you know, the competition. I mean, right now it's probably it needs a bit of a, a refresh and thank Christ the PlayStation 5 is on the way because I think mine is its last legs. But uh, yeah, it's been a, a tremendous console, and to be fair, you know, Sony's normally are so. Yeah. Happy days. Do you think the um the very like going back way back to the reveals at E3 in 2013? Do you think Microsoft's kind of like colossal failure there was a great platform for the PS4 to 
go, well, you know what? We're actually doing all these things that that isn't doing, so you might as well just come over here. Yeah, I think, you know, that the initial reveal was, and, and you know, when, when that reveal happened, I went on to, like, N4G and Twitter and everything, and the Xbox, the, the buzz after the Xbox one, like, the feeling was that it, it absolutely knocked it out of the park. And I'm sitting there going, this is not something I want. And I think there was a lot of silent customers that were, like, just not involved in that. But I think Sony reacted to those customers who didn't, you know, get all excited. They they were the ones that went, okay, well, you know, game sharing is cool, but you have to be online. Um, you know, you know, having this family pass where you can give your games to four people, but only one person can play on it at any one time, that's cool, but actually we're going to advertise that game sharing in our world is just two people handing a game to one another. Yeah. You know, there's no DRM, there's no always online. And I think it's just they set out their stall being just a small iteration on the PlayStation 3. And, you know, that's what people wanted. You know, they just wanted a better version of the thing they've already got, not a complete revolution. And Microsoft's mistakes was like trying to target Apple and Google and everybody else in the, what, what was it, what did they call it? The, the battle for the living room? You know, it's just, they made a bodge. And to be fair, the PlayStation 4 was just a cheaper, better console with more options and a bigger release slate. So it had a really good, strong start. And to be fair, that this generation is going to be unlike any other generation going forward because of cross-play. So as soon as he got the momentum, you know, Joe Bloggs was telling his mates, oh, do you want to play COD with me? And he's like, oh, but I'm on Xbox. And he's like, get a PlayStation 4. And he's like, yeah, okay. And um, that's, the way, that's the way this generation has gone. Uh, Paul, have you got any thoughts on this? Well, just um, what Sean said, really. I think for me anyway, the reason why... I... Uh, PlayStation has sort of stayed around for, for me is just uh, it's a comfort, isn't it? You, you know, I had the PlayStation One and you, you had what I had and the, the DualShock and it, the DualShock evolved. Um, this year, having no stick to two sticks and it's evolved, 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 and then you've got the DS4. Um, and you know, you know what you're getting. It's, it's you know, I, I have no reason to go to Xbox, they didn't have the games, they didn't have the exclusives, they didn't have. Um, you know, all my friends had PlayStations all the way growing up and everything. So um, there's an element of just, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think that's what Sony have done. And like Sean said, in the background, they've just generally evolved, just very slightly, just evolved everything on a slow, slow curve, whereas Xbox were slammed right in. So this is what we've got to do. Bam! And then PlayStation 4, yeah, we want to do that, but not just yet. And it just slowly, just, you know... I mean, who would have thought when the PS4 got released that there'd be a VR headset, which is just, you know, a game changer. Yeah. And, the, you know, there's, there's just there's things that the PS4 has uh, that Xbox just doesn't. It's just from PS1 to PS4, the, the, even the naming system is just very kind of comfortable. Do you know what I mean? Not really going to go too far from the path, whereas you had the X, Xbox 360, then all of a sudden you had the Xbox One. You know, what the fuck? You know, what would I say? <laughs> it, was, it was just... It was a mess, really, and I think PlayStation just, you know, Sony just played it very, it's very calm. Said, "This is what we're going to do. We've got a plan. Stick to the plan," and and I think that's where they got them. Same thing happened for PS2, probably. You know, it also also Sony's marketing. I mean, if you look back to the days of the PS1, especially the PS2, they had those really fucking spaced out outlet adverts for the third place. Remember those? What the fuck was that all about? But it was, yeah. it was clever marketing, and uh, they put their PlayStation thing like place like Ministry of Sound. People playing Wipeout, they got licensed artists to do tracks. It was just their marketing has, has been a winner. And um, 
I think that's what's got the brand out there. And I think once the brand is out there, then you're, you're more likely to stick with what you know rather than kind of go and take a risk with something you don't really know that's a bit bit shit, you know, that kind mm. of thing. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've said it a hundred times, but the PS4 was my first Sony console. Yeah. And it was because of that Xbox E3 presentation. It felt oh. really untested, and I don't think the market certainly wasn't ready for a digital-only console. Um, or an online-only console, at least. And obviously, people spoke up in in big terms. But then, when you break that down, you still look at the lineup of the Xbox. And as a massive fan of the Xbox, the Xbox 360, especially, you know, there was nothing there that was exciting me, and that was a really strange feeling because I loved the Xbox 360 and loved the original Xbox, but the Xbox One just didn't have a killer app. And when you think of all their franchises that they have, it's kind of strange, really. That it didn't come out swinging with it's, it's um, strange when you think about it. I mean, I remember me and you were talking um, when we got our PS4s at first that the lack of games that were available we had Resogun, uh, Contrast, and a few other little kind of indie esque games. We was like, Where's well, the big guns, man? Well, at the time, Xbox were playing Forza or something. Um, my mate had an Xbox, he's playing Forza and Battlefield, I think it was as well at the time. Was like, where's that? Where's that AAA games? You know, but it turns out there's a gun, still one of my favorite games of the generation. So, but you know, they weren't, they weren't big hitters, were they? Do you know what I mean? No, I mean, the PS4 launch lineup wasn't amazing at all. Nah. It had a lot of um, like cross gen titles like Call of Duty Ghosts and Black Flag and FIFA, obviously. And, you know, there wasn't anything major. Killzone, what, Shadowfall was it, I think, at launch? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and Knack. You know, <laughs> it's like on paper. Yeah, good old Knack. And Justice Thief. for Knack. And Thief. You know, on paper, that isn't a great launch lineup for a brand new console. No. And it's amazing that it was it was Resogun. People that's all people were talking about. Yeah. I think the power of that game kept people on PS4 because there wasn't re- any a real reason to upgrade at that point because all of the games that were coming out at launch at the time were still available for your PS3 or your 360. Yeah. You know, I think there's no doubt, there's no denying Black Flag looked beautiful on the PS4 in comparison to the Xbox or the PS3. Um, but it definitely had that power. I mean, I, ha- I remember having uh, the Playroom at launch, the camera. And, you know, it's fun for 10 minutes. Running yeah. around, just like kicking <laughs> Astrobots around and stuff. You know, it's that was always a good laugh. But it was Resogun in contrast as well that mm. kept me playing. Um, Sean, do you remember the PS4 or launch? Do you remember anything that Stood out for you? Was it Resogun and Contrast, or was it anything else? Um, yeah, it was. It was kind of the fact that the, the reason why I kind of went for a PS4 over an Xbox One, and like for the first time ever, this was actual actually because previously it had been PlayStation, um, Xbox, or Switch, or or Nintendo. It was just all of them, and this time having kids, it was just kind of able to have one, not not all of them. It came down to the indie games, so it was Resogun, it was Contrast. It was that um, drilling game. It was volume. It was basically all of the... I was looking at it in quantity as well as quantity, so you'd obviously got the big hitters. But there was like, like so many small indie games that you could get through in like just a couple of days that were coming out really quickly because Sony had gone out and spoke to a load of indie devs. So you think about like Thomas Was Alone, like that blew up out of nowhere. And it was like, hey, this this Mike Biffle guy, he's releasing the game on PlayStation Four, and it was like there was there was like an indie boom, and the PlayStation Four really helped that. So, 
yeah, in, for me it was it was that that early kind of collection of indies like Contrast and Resogun and Thomas was alone and what the freaking hell was that mining game's name? Uh, Greg, when this gen came around, which did you get first? PS4. I got the Xbox very late. I only got it in 2016 as a freebie with my phone. Oh, not bad. So, no, it's all right. I mean, I kind of went for the deal. It was a crap phone. It wasn't top top tier phone at the time just because it came with an Xbox. And at the time, what was it that came out that I really wanted? Quantum Break. Okay. So I was like, you know what? Now's a good time to upgrade. I, got, I managed to get a one terabyte console out of it, so it's not too bad, really. Nice. But uh, no, I bought I bought my PS4 first. It was about six months after launch, and I was excited for Thief, and yeah, <laughs> that kind of backfired because <laughs> I do I love still you're still, like that game. You still like it? It wasn't yeah, it, it I, wasn't the worst game in the world. It just wasn't very good. I, I think it got a bad rap because I think people so the fact that you could change the options so that you could basically have an old Thief game if you wanted it, or a really easy Thief game if you wanted it. I thought it was yeah, like a genius move. There was, I mean, I think for a lot of, I never played a lot of the older ones. I can see why the ire comes from being in, you know, it was very linear. and But then I suppose it was a new game for a new console, so they have to test out the capabilities of it. So I guess they had yeah. to make some compromise somewhere. I mean, it wasn't a terrible game, it just was really disappointing. But yeah, no, I, I got a PS4 first. I've always, thing is though, I, I, I'd always had, I'd had a PS1, I've still got a PS1. I had two PS2s, I went for a normal one, and I went for a slim one. And then I had a slim silver one. So I've always been sort of Sony-ish. And then I got into an Xbox when I was working at GameStation. I had them both. And then when it came to PS3 and 360, I went three. I went like full. <laughs> I went full 360. I went full Xbox. And really like largely ignored the PS3. I got one of those like quite late in its in its uh, console life. But then I kind of switched back and yeah, Sony first. And I now I've got a Pro. I'm buying all new releases on PlayStation again because I went for a period of buying them on the Xbox just because they had more storage I didn't want to keep faffing around deleting the game at the time so I, I bought things like Resident Evil 2 and Red Dead on the Xbox when they came out and then I've now traded them in for the PS4 versions so I'm going sort of full Sony and they've got Death Stranding next week yay yay cool well let's lead into that then so our next topic is games we're excited about before 2020 now there's not much of this year left. By the time this goes up, we will be in November. We are recording this on the eve of Halloween. Uh, so happy Halloween, everyone. Yeah. Yay. Woo. Scary times. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how dated this, this oh, podcast did, is going to be. We didn't give ourselves uh, creepy names to come into. Oh, no. Well, well, the thing is, is quite a creepy name anyway. Yeah. Well, the podcast would have been after Halloween anyway. Oh. So. True yeah. that. We've got to think of Christmas ones now coming up soon. Christ. Excited about that. Anyway, so yeah, there's not much left of this year, but there still is a megaton of games that people are excited about that we do want to talk about very briefly. So I'm going to go around the room and ask everyone individually what they're most looking forward to before the end of the year. I'm going to start with Mr. Greg Hicks. Let me take one wild guess. Shenmue Fall in Order. Oh, God, you're so excited for Shenmue 3. I know you are. What the fuck's a Shenmue? <laughs> um... No, uh, Death Stranding. You know, said it before, I said it again. I have no idea what the hell's going on. The new trailer looks incredible. Still, I'm gonna fucking look what the hell's going on. I, <laughs> I, have, I have a vague notion of carrying stuff from point A to point B and meeting up Conan O'Brien and Ross's best mate Jeff Keighley. Oh, 
There's a 200-foot-tall Lindsay Wagner walking through the ocean. There's a flying beached whale. There's Mouse Mickelson being Mouse Mickelson. And I have no idea what's going on, but I'm still looking forward to it. I, I bit the bullet and pre-ordered it today, so I'm I'm set in on that. I didn't pre-order it from Shop 2 this time either. <laughs> well done. Yeah. Well <laughs> and I remember to get recorded delivery this time as well, so I better turn off my fucking doorstep. Did you get that um, special edition one with the golden face on the front? No. No. Oh, man, that was designed for you. I know, but it's Amazon. Amazon don't take PayPal, funnily enough, because they've always been competing. So I was like, nah, I don't want to use real money for it. I'll use my PayPal money for it. Yeah, no. I just got the standard version coming along. Okay. So, yeah, that's 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 my numero uno. And, of course, like, Jedi Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. But that's it, really. I don't know what else is coming out that's getting excited about. But that's, that's my two. You're telling me you're not excited for Need for Speed Heat? No, I'm really not. Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure someone else is, but I'm not. Uh, Paul, what's getting you excited up until 2020? I don't really know what's coming out, but I'm definitely excited. Oh, speed's for... coming out. <laughs> yeah, no, not that. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, he's looking quite forward to that. Looks great. And maybe a second place Shenmue 3, which I'm sort of hesitantly excited about, if that helps. Yay. Yeah, well, I mean, I, it's, I'm just, I, I was re- when it got announced, I was really excited by it. I thought, yes, I'm getting that day one. Then I played <laughs> Shenmue 1 and 2 again on the PS4 when it got released, and I thought, it's so good, is it? I'm probably going to get it just because hopefully they've made it like a proper game now rather than just a little D-pad-only type game. So, yeah, mildly excited for that. Okay, cool. Sean? Sorry, I'm not sure how to help with that. <laughs> Shut help up, me, you. Alexa! <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm excited about uh, Darksiders Genesis. It's I like the Darksiders games, and what arched at EGX over other builders was pretty cool. Me and Greg actually went to go and play it and we didn't go and play it. it. Yes. Like three times we were like, well, go and play this. And then we never did. But yeah, it, it, I like the look of it. It looks like a cool game. Can't wait for Terminator Resistance because it's been a whole oh, yeah. long time since Terminator's been good in video games. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> I'm quite looking, to, looking forward to seeing if, if it actually turns out okay. Um, Football Manager 2020, just because I have no social life and I want to fill it with trying to make Stoke a Premier League team again, maybe one day, instead of being bottom of the championship. Pine, <laughs> I know I've, I've, I've mentioned this in, in two consecutive what games you should look forward to next month lists, but yeah, Pine should be out next month. <laughs> he says, completely unconvinced. Sniper Ghost Warrior Contracts. So I quite like the Sniper Ghost Warrior games, but this time they've kind of gone away from an overarching worry and made it into like basically a, a contract killing game where you've got a map and you've just got to kill one card. And that looks really cool. Lost Ember, which... Oh, yeah. I don't know. So basically it's a game where you, you play this this red floaty thing that basically you can transfer between animals. So you, you start as a wolf and then you become a duck and then a squirrel and then a bird and then some fish. A duck, yeah. Do you know that's the thing we say in stuff? Hey, up, duck. So you know, <laughs> I, I can't wait for Star Wars and Shenmue Three and Pokemon Sword and Shield and Luigi's Mansion, uh, Luigi's Mansion Three, and God, this kid, this year is going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, and expensive. By the sounds of things. Okay, B Simulator is the last one. B Simulator looks actually really cool. Hey, is... isn't that game on a PS2 that was a B Simulator? 
Oh, it was I mosquito on PS1. Yeah, mosquito. Maybe it was. There's a mosquito-y kind of simulator on PS2. That was good fun. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm not sure if this is an unofficial sequel to Mr. Mosquito. I very much doubt <laughs> it is. But Bee Simulator, you play as a bee that goes around fields pollinating flowers, and it looks really, really and really chill. And I'm quite looking forward to it. It's not going to be like the hot coffee version of Bee Simulator, is it? No, no, no. It it looks like they've actually tried to make a simulation rather than make some shovelware and then stick simulation on the box. It's like, so it looks like they've actually put some effort in this time. Um, Ross, what are, what are you looking forward to, dude? I'm looking forward to uh, Death Stranding. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> no, you're not. Oh, you and your japes. Uh, me, eh? What a card. I'm getting excited about Jedi Fallen Order. It's slowly uh, easing its way into my uh, most wanted list. The last trailer was awesome, so it's looking like it's going to be a bit of fun. Thankfully, EA Access exists, so I can give it a blast before I jump on it, uh, which is quite exciting, actually. I think it's the three days before it releases. You can jump on for 10 hours, so maybe I can just beat the campaign there and leave it. I don't know. Who knows? Um, I'm rather excited about Shenmue 3. I don't know if I've told you guys. No, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. Sorry about that, dude. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm quite looking forward to that. It's going to be fun. Uh, it's uh, 19 days away, which is... No, not that you're counting. No, no. No, 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 no. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going through the, the coming soon on uh, PSN, and a lot of them are all 2020 now. I mean, we're getting to that point where most of the games you can pre-order are uh, are coming next year. But yeah, I mean, Death Stranding, Jelly, Jelly Fallen Order, Shenmue 3, Need for Speed, it's going to be a very big entity year, for, particularly on PS4. I mean, Death Stranding and Shenmue are two massive gets for them. Death Stranding is going to be a gamble, isn't it? It's, I mean, I just just reading Game Facts earlier, and it's so divisive. I mean, we'll see. The reviews land tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, that's be interesting. Looking forward I, to that. I kind of don't want to. I don't want to read them. I mean, I'm not going to read them, but I'm, I'm sure at some point I'm going to see an aggregate score somewhere. IGN are going to give it a 10, and Eurogamer will give it a 0. No, IGN are going to give it a 7, because it's got terrible water physics. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of good stuff. Sniper of Ghost Warrior, I'm looking forward to. That's going to be a lot of fun. It sounds a bit more Hitmanish than it has done in the past. Uh, yes, they seem right. to be going down yes. that route, uh, which you know, makes sense for the uh, for the franchise, I suppose. And uh, yeah, I guess that's about it, really. In terms of like the massive games that I want to play, I'm sure I'll still jump into a bunch of indies uh, in between. I do want to play After Party. I'm looking forward to that. And um, and also want to play Aladdin and the Lion King. And Arise. Arise is looking very good as well. I'm not sure it's that's this year. That's going to be fun also so yeah still plenty to play until next year because early next year sounds horrifying for spending money on video games so maybe it's best that there's only two or three big ones for the rest of the year that we can get ourselves stuck into yeah you sort of saving yes indeed absolutely i mean greg's got to save for every single version of final fantasy 7 that's going to come out for the next 30 <laughs> years so yeah it's probably best uh right then let's move on to our final topic just very quickly um it is halloween today it's not going to be halloween when you listen to this but never mind <laughs> I thought it would be a fun topic. Um, our favourite horror games from history that we've all played and enjoyed. Um, seeing as it's Halloween, let's talk about creepy stuff. So, uh, Mr. Paul Collett, any favourite horror games? Like top three? Uh, PT, without a doubt. Absolutely. Does that count as a game? Hey? Yeah. Does it count as a game or is it just an experience? Well, it's the kind of game that I'm playing on my PlayStation, so it's a game. Mm. Visual PT, because that actually gave my mate Gary, he, got, he pulled a hamstring muscle because he jumped so, so much uh, when he played a game. So that's always good fun as well. 
But other than that, Resident Evil 7 in VR. Holy yeah, shit. Paul said Resident Evil. That no, doesn't work, does it? Nah, shut up. Um, you just said it too. Oh, fuck. Bazinga. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, so uh, RE7 in VR is the scariest game you're ever going to play, ever. But it's not as quite as scary as Anthem. There you go. <laughs> Just throwing that in there. Well, it's scary in the fact that it got released. That's become your Anthem. Anyway, so oh. yeah. What? I can't wait for your deathbed when you're lying there. What happened, dude? What's, what what you say? Fucking anthem. Yeah, Resident Evil 7, that is the scariest game ever, and um I love it. In VR only, because it's crap otherwise. Alright, Sean. I haven't played many recent horror games, so they're a bit old school, so I really didn't like Clock Tower because it shit the shit out of me. <laughs> um, that game was fucking terrifying. Um, it shit the shit out of you. Yeah, I was say what? Yeah, Must yeah, be like that bad. Yeah, so so that game terrified me. I thought there was a brilliant villain. It was like a brilliant story. Uh, Dead Space, I think, was like a game changer for horror because I think it was like the first time that. You know, they really thought about, okay, let's not use zombies, let's use something else, and let's just really go to town on, like, sci-fi horror. And I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant game, and I really hope that one of those games that EA are remaking is Dead Space, because that would be fantastic. And probably the original Resident Evil. I liked the manner. I liked the containedness of it. I liked Jill Sandwich. <laughs> and... <Please>. I... <laughs> And it would be it would love me not to mention Silent Hill. And the first time I ever played a game where, you know, that first part where you get attacked by the babies and you have to die to progress. And freaking how I've never been so like that was the first time I'd ever experienced that in a game where like you had to fail to move forward. But it was um, it was it was babies in the demo, wasn't it? Because that came with Metal Gear Solid, and that was somehow more terrifying than the final version of the game. Because they were like the weird claw monsters in the actual game. But yeah, I remember playing the demo and thinking, like, why the fuck are these weird babies? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was, it was, with my rose tinted glasses on, I'm sure it's utterly terrible now. But yeah, it, that, that was one of the best scary games for me. Okay. And Greg? Well, I've already said it now, so I'm going to say it again. But Resident Evil 2, I think, scared me more than the first one, apart from the dog window thing in the first one. But, that was more an action game with horror elements. One of the first games that really shit me up, like Sean said, Silent Hill. I mean, that just, just creep me out. <laughs> Actual horror games, though, like genuinely terrifying. I remember the first Condemned. That was pretty, um, that introduced me to sort of first person horror. And that was freakishly weird. The little close combat and the, the things get up in your face. But I think if we have to give a crown to ugh, like absolutely games, games that really scare the shit out of me, Alien Isolation. Which is so underrated, and I really think everyone should play it. I absolutely hate the game. It's taking like, <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's taking it's taking years off my life mentally. I think that's why I'm going grey. But I've also finished it three times because it's well, so. Yeah, at least you got to finish it. I couldn't get that far. It's terrifying, but it's not. It's not the alien itself that freaks me out. Weirdly enough, it's the bloody androids. 
the bloody service androids that you get. Oh, yeah. Creepy, yeah, yeah. what are they called? Milky Joe. Not Milky Joe, that's from um, Mighty Boosh. What are they called? Working Joe. They're just so free. They have those weird placid faces and they don't move and they're expressionless. You, they grab you and they talk in that horrible monotone voice. I think one of the, the my freakiest ever moments, though, I was walking through one of the corridors and I had a Molotov in my hand. And one just grabbed me out of nowhere and I managed to sort of shake it off. And then in a panic, threw a Molotov at it. And it just, I mean, they're amazing fire graphics, but it just, it was walking towards me on fire. And it went, it just really calmly just went, I can withstand temperatures of up to 2000 degrees. And I was like, oh, good. <laughs> so it grabbed me again whilst on fire. Oh, I've never been so, fucking, oh, I've never been so terrified. It was bloody creepy. So yeah, great game. Love it. I love to cool. hate it or I hate loving it. it. It's terrible because IGN gave me 6.8. And you know that they are the marker for quality. Do you know, you know what though? I actually, I actually bought it on release because I was waiting for something else to come out, and I bought it and I started booting up, and it's before they patched it. And it was just really janky and terrible, so I traded it back in. And then what was the game I bought? Something else came out about the same time that I bought, and I finished it. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to give Alien a go again, and I did. And yeah, I'm glad. And they put, they patched it by then, and I'm really glad I stuck with it. But yeah, it's I don't think enough people have played it, and it's a shame. I mean, they, they can't really sequelize it because. It's a self-contained story. But if they could do something else in that universe, then it would be incredible. Don't count your chickens because um, they are porting it to the Switch. And so... so I haven't got uh, a Switch. The thing is... No, I know... I know there's mean, if, it, if, it does, if it does well on the Switch, then... What, what I'm trying to say is the fact that they haven't forgotten about it and that, you know, if it's getting a Switch port, it means there at least people are still considering it a worthwhile property. And I know the Creative Assembly have got their hands full with pretty much everything under the sun right now but you know they they still have all of that technology the ai for the alien was the most like forward-thinking horror game development of maybe this generation you know and and an ai that doesn't just do things scripted isn't just jump scares it literally hunts you down and learns <laughs> so it's like you know if, if they can apply that in another game maybe you know, different character, different ship, same xenomorphs. It'll sell loads. It would. Fingers crossed. Especially I, in I VR. still want to go back to it and play it again. And I start it and then go, nope. Because I just know what it bring, it, what fear it brings me. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Ross? I don't really have any. I don't play horror games. Good. Uh, wise decision. Yeah. House of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. Two. House of the Dead. Three. Typing of the Dead. That's about as far as I get in that genre. We'll go a special mention to Outcast or Outlast. 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 Which was, uh, I was playing it before PT came along. That shipped me up. Then PT just changed everything. Well, Outlast 2 is free on PSN next week. Uh, yes, I need to renew my subscription because I refuse to <laughs> pay for it at the moment. Along with, uh, along with uh, Neo, which is pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Also, if you did listen to the, the Daily Finger today or from friday last week you'd know that the developers are teasing a new game the same color like spectrum as the first two outlast games so it might be outlast three who knows sweet who knows indeed right cool nice all right a couple of bits of breaking news while we've been recording uh bluepoint games the guys behind the awesome uh, shadow of the colossus remaster this year have just tweeted something very cryptic i'm going to read it all for you now it's quite a long tweet you guys like this so calm this spooky night a symphony of rumors not one but two return from shadow a resistance 
to dark home as black monsters escape twisted hills to wonder lands and siphon souls. Filter your candy collections, soft from solid, and be eco-friendly. Have a metal Halloween. Wow. Now, That's exciting. What the hell are they talking about? Is there something? Can we read into this? Is there a possibility what that might be? We got Symphony, we got Night, Shadows, Hills, Resistance, Siphon, Filter, Collection, Solid, Metal. It's got to be like a sort of like a PlayStation Hits type a thing. A PlayStation Hits collection from Bluepoint would be fucking wild. If you could put Siphon, Filter, and Metal Gear Solid on there, that'd be amazing. Oh, I'm all over. They just, but then it's Bluepoint. Just... If they could rejig something, that'd be even better. They are just fucking with us right now, aren't they? There's, there's no, they, this is probably nothing to do with what they're developing, but there's no way you put like Shadows, Hills, Resistance, Siphon, and Filter, Collection, Solid, Metal, all in one tweet and just go like, yeah, okay, we haven't announced a game, and this is all teasing to one game. Fuck off, <laughs> you, you teasy, teasy bastards. Teasy, teasy bastards. <laughs> I mean, if Point drop a... Uh... A collection on the PS5, which is just Resistance, Siphon Filter, Symphony of the Night, Metal Gear Solid, all in one. I mean, day one. That's PS5 one, isn't it, really? The thing is, if there be remakes, it's cool. If, if it's just a collection of Sun, Siphon Filter and Metal Gear Solid, I'd be like, cool, I'm looking at my original copy of Siphon Filter right now that I could play on my PS3. Hmm. But if they did something HD-wise, rejiggered, that'd be amazing. Well, they have uh, they have previous with Colossus, haven't they? Yeah, they have, and that's amazing. Mm. I've said it before, and I'll say it again: best remake ever. It's actually better well, than Resident well, Evil Two remake, just because it <laughs> looks amazing. Just because it's 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 as good as it used to be. It's still got all the magic of the Shadow Colossus, and then some. So, especially mm. if you've got PS4 Pro, and it's just it's amazing. Cool. Well, that is a very interesting tweet. We shall see where that leads. It might not mean anything at all, but hey, it's fun to speculate, isn't it? Uh, one more bit of breaking news. Three minutes to midnight. We're funding on Kickstarter, and they have just been funded fully. Hooray. Well done for three minutes to midnight. It is an awesome, awesome, awesome game uh, from those wonderful, wonderful people over at Scaring Crows. So looking forward to that. A point-and-click adventure that I played at EGX last year, and it's going to be made now officially. So can't wait. Okay. I need to disclose this. I backed that based on your preview. Oh, I backed it because I played it. Good teams. <laughs> <laughs> and we get to actually play it at some point when it, when it gets released. Brilliant stuff. Well done, team. Congratulations. That's awesome news. Hi there, everyone. Roscoe here from Finger Guns. I'm just interrupting our main podcast to let you know about The Daily Finger, a brand new show from us where we round up all of the day's gaming news and collectively mush them into a bite-sized podcast every single weekday so you can get your news fixed whilst you're busy living your actual life and stuff. The Daily Finger goes live every weekday evening, so be sure to follow us on Twitter at FNGRGNS or follow the podcast on Spotify or Podbean to keep up to date with absolutely everything you could possibly want to know about what's happening in the gaming stratosphere. Thanks. Apple Podcasts is coming soon. So that's it, really. Another podcast. It's called The Daily Finger. We called it that because we're professionals. Go listen. Thank you very much. Back to the Finger Guns podcast. Quiz answers. Let's do this. Okay. <laughs> Just opening the documents. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, so 
Quiz answers. Question one. Uh, which Star Wars game is the first to feature the player character Galen Marek, a.k.a. Starkiller? Uh, Paul, what have you got for this? He hasn't typed yeah, these I've, I've got two answers. I've got two answers. Well, you only have uh, one. I know. Right. Can you, can you ask the question again? Because it's about how you word the question, I think. Okay. Which Star Wars game was the first to feature the player character Galen Marek, a.k.a. Starkiller? Which Star Wars game? Yeah. Not which game? <laughs> what? Well, okay. So, Galen Marek first appeared in The Force Unleashed as a Star Wars game, but I believe, by memory serves correct, he first appeared in Soul Calibur. <sighs> Which Star Wars game was the first to feature the Slayer character, Galen Marek, a.k.a. Starkiller? The answer was Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Thank you. <laughs> just because I know what you like, you like, you get a bit sneaky sometimes. I have to cover your face. No, that was, that was like pulling teeth. Okay. Look, uh, uh, to my to, volume, though, right? Absolutely, yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Um, I don't. I still don't know if you got the question right. Question two: Of which famous game studio developed the 2003 smash hit Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic? Uh, Greg. Uh, Bioware. Bioware is correct. Hey, Obsidian helped that as well, didn't they? Somewhere. Uh, they did the second one. Yes. Uh, question three: Which of these Star Wars games was released first? Force Commander, Jedi Academy, or Bounty Hunter? Roscoe. Oh, I'm going to take a guess. Force Commander. Correct. Yay! I like it when that happens. You had a one in three chance of going that right. (laughs) (laughs) Reminding you that. But question four in what year was the. Yes! Yeah, you did. You fucking did it! Thank you. (laughs) Um, There's only so many times I can set that up. Um, (laughs) <laughs> Question four: In what year was the very first Star Wars game released? Was it 1982, 1984, or 1986? Paul, uh, 82. 82 is correct. Yeah. It was the Star Wars: The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, question five: Which of these was not developed by LucasArts? Was it Starfighter, Rebel Assault, or Connect Star Wars? Greg, was it Rebel Assault? It wasn't Rebel Assault. It ah, was Connect Star Wars. Ah, oh, fuck's sake. I thought that was... What? I thought that had Lucas Publishing. It's awful. Which yeah. of these was not developed by LucasArts? Oh, fuck off. Oh, slate. <laughs> <sighs> Question six. Oh. Which publisher currently holds the exclusive rights to publish Star Wars games, Roscoe? EA. EA, that is correct. Ugh. Uh, question seven. What was the code name of the cancelled third person's Action adventure Star Wars video game that Hang was on. under development. Sorry, just just googling Connect Star Wars developers. LucasArts, Terminal Terminal Reality, Panic Button Games, High Voltage Software. Yeah, Terminal Reality developed it. <sighs> LucasArts published. Yeah. Question seven: <laughs> What was the code name of the cancelled third-person action video game that was under development by Vessel Games and Amy Hennig? Paul, what have you got was for it this? Ragtag. It was Ragtag. Yeah. I knew oh, all that's, along. That's I was just fooling you. I knew uh, it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Halloween, bitch. <laughs> uh, question eight. The cancelled Project Star Wars 1313 was a game set entirely on which Star Wars planet? Um, Greg? Coruscant. Coruscant is correct. Yeah. 
Question nine, which game studio has developed the upcoming Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? Uh, Roscoe? Respawn. That's correct. Respawn. And question 10, please name me two of the platforms that Super Star Wars launched on back in 1991. Um, Paul, give me one. Super Nintendo. (sighs) What? Yeah, what? Definitely one of them. Roscoe? Give me another one. I've only got the Super Nintendo. Greg? I've got the SNES, and I know it was ported to the Wii, but that wasn't well, originally... Well, Virtual Console, in... yeah, that wasn't United 2, your question. No, no, this is, this is it. I, I, didn't know, yeah. I didn't realize it came out on four different consoles in the same year. Yeah, it came out in the SNES, Sega, the Sega Master System, the Game Boy, and the Game Gear. <sighs> Ugh. Whatever. Yeah. So that is all ten questions. <laughs> um, <laughs> so sort up your scores. Well, the Wikipedia uh, doesn't say it came out in that. Okay, <laughs> click on the game. <laughs> click on the game. Now scroll down. It's the SNES equivalent of the Star Wars NES game. Uh-huh. Well, you said Super Star Wars. Yeah. Super Star Wars can't come out on a Game Boy because it's only called Super because it's part of the Super Nintendo, wasn't it? Not. Everything come out of Nintendo called Super Castlevania, Super Contra, Super Star Wars. Wasn't quite so super on a Game Boy, was it? Eh? Where am I scrolling down to exactly? I'm on the I'm on the Wikipedia of it. Where am I scrolling down to? Re-releases. Yeah, re-releases. Where's it say anything about? You did, the question was Super Star Wars, wasn't it? Not just Star Wars. Yeah. Where's it say anything about it being on the? Mass system. Two seconds. <laughs> it's, a, it's a rarity that me and Greg are on the same side when it comes to dis- disagreeing questions. Star Wars Mass System. It was just called Star Wars. That's my point. Everything that came out on Nintendo. You, was you, you said it was. You said it was Super Star Wasn't you? I did. Yeah. Right. So the, the SNES then, and then later released on the Wii, and a PS4, and a PS4. Ooh, this is controversial. Yeah, because if you put in just a Star Wars game, it came out on the NES, the Game Boy, the Master System, and Game Gear, but not the Super SNES, not the Super Star Wars. Yes, you are right. Fucking yes! Said... Yes! Get it. I'll tell you that. I shouldn't have said Star Wars. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have said Super Star Wars. should not have said Super Star Wars. No. Well, thank you very much. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take that point now. Yeah, you're welcome. You, you can all have that point. Yay! I fight for the loser. Um, so Star Wars came out on the NES, the Game Boy, the Master System, and Game Gear, and the Famicom. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it came out on every single console, but Super Star Wars is only for the Super Nintendo, wasn't it? Yeah, my bad, I, I miswrote. So <laughs> scores in your face, Patrick Moore. Wow, oh, may he rest in peace. Oh, yeah. I forget, I have miswrote. I've just misbed said. <laughs> oh, so you know, oh, you're you super Star Wars. <laughs> Fuck you sake. a bad time at Daily Oh, Jesus Christ. Do we all win this? Do we all win one this week? Because you just balls that right. really badly. Uh, what, what did you just get, Greg? Hang on, I'm still counting. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. Roscoe? <sighs> Ten. Fuck Ten. Off. Wow. Ten. Okay. Ten, Paul. I'm well, guessing that, you haven't got a pen. Correct, man. 
So I've got nine. Bitch. Oh, that's unlucky. Oh, that, that is unfortunate. That's a salt one, isn't it? I thought, I swear, because I connect and LucasArts and that shit. Bollocks. So I retract my apology from earlier. You are all fucking nerds. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Finger Guns podcast. <laughs> oh, man, that feels good. I've had a full house before. Shut up. Oof. I mean, technically, Greg. Greg Almost did. dead. Greg, um, Greg's um, appeal of the Greg's, Greg's, pedan- was... Greg's pedantry did everyone yeah. a favour. Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have Greg to thank for this. Happy days. And that was the quiz. All right. Thank you very much indeed, Sean. Do let us know how you got on in the comments below or over on Twitter at FNGRGNS. That does bring it in then to this week's Finger Guns podcast. Thank you all very much indeed for listening. Before we go out this week... We have, of course, Luigi's Mansion landed today on Nintendo Switch. Uh, Spirit of the North is out on November the 1st, which, uh, which would have already been out by the time we listen to this. Let's move on a bit, shall we? Uh, November 5th, Black Sad Under the Sun is coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, Just Dance 2020, you know that one, and you love it. Comes to Switch, PS4, Xbox One, Xbox, uh, just everything, including the Nintendo Wii on November 5th. The PC version of Red Dead Redemption 2 comes out on November 5th. And so does Planet Zoo, which, God, I wish my PC could run Planet Zoo because it looks absolutely awesome. That's uh, not to be. Audica is coming to PS4 on November 5th. That's a VR game, isn't it? Oh, that's the, the Beat Saber meets Guns one, isn't it? Yeah, it's like Beat Saber Oof. with guns. Yeah, I'm there for that. Yeah, it looks awesome. Uh, Valfaris lands on November 6th on PS4, which also looks very, very good. And, uh, well, yeah, that's about it. There's some game from Hideo Kojima coming out the week after. can't remember what it's called. But, um, yeah, who cares about that? So, thank you all very much indeed. Yeah, someone does, I'm sure. Thank you very much indeed for listening. We have been... It's going to be better, it's gonna be better than fucking Shenmue, I'll tell you that. I mean, you're probably right, but I don't care. Ken, enough <laughs> to try and wind me up about it. I don't care. I know Shenmue 3 is not going to be the best game ever. I don't care. I want it in my life anyway. Until then, so that was out this week. Thank you very much indeed for listening to this week's Fingers Podcast. We'll be back again next week with all your typical gaming shenanigans. And don't forget to listen every single weekday to our brand new podcast, The Daily Finger. Search for it on Spotify. Hopefully it'll be on Apple Podcasts soon. By the time you read this, listen to this, hopefully it'll uh, it'll be up there. Go and get it there. Or go to our website, fingerguns.net, for every single one, every single day to keep up with all the gaming news. So, it's goodbye for Mr. Paul Collett. Laters. Goodbye for Mr. Greg Hicks. Goodbye. Goodbye for Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. Is it, is it a super goodbye or a regular goodbye from Sean? This is just a regular goodbye. It's going to Avail- release available on, on my fist in your face. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody Northerners, you're so violent. I don't know, it's going to be a loving punch. <laughs> <laughs> Love to have. <laughs> anyway. Yikes. Well, and it's goodbye from me. <laughs> Thank you much indeed for listening. Do follow us everywhere on at FNGRGNS on Twitter, Finger Guns UK over on Facebook. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. Super Finger Guns Podcast. <laughs>